One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes. Ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year 10,0-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do. And start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. It's Oh, step into Christmas, ladies and gentlemen. Hello and welcome to the first of our 12 rambles of Christmas, a daily countdown of what we see as the 12 defining topics in football since we first switched on our mics back in 2007. Could it really have been that long ago? (laughs) I hate every last one of you. Yeah. Yeah. It's not mutual, <laughs> but you tell us that all the time. What an exciting time, though. Indeed, Christmas. I know. More of us. What's our first topic, Marcus? <laughs> Number 12, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, it's exciting. We had a little secret vote, didn't we? Yeah. And yeah. we decided which one was going to be the best. So we've, all had, we've all had a pop here. Yeah, we have. We so we'll see how high certain system. things are compared the, to other things. The final list will be, is, is essentially, there's a, there's a reason why we did it in order. So we count them down from 12 to 1. Number one revealed on Christmas Eve, mm. of course. Um, but we have attributed points to each one. And they're in an order for a reason. And we're not yeah. revealing that reason. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's all very FIFA-like, isn't it? <laughs> we're, not revealing, we're not revealing the method. We're not revealing yeah. the method. Um, well, speaking of which, number 12. The first African World Cup is held in South Africa in 2010, gentlemen. Sing, sing Africa. A glorious sing time. Africa. My boo. Africa. There we go. Oh, there we and and wow. the official song was actually Waka Waka, open bracket, this Shakira. time for Africa, close bracket by Shakira. Which was the th- my third favourite of all the songs that were knocking around. I like the old Sing Sing Africa, as yeah. you all know. Yeah. And the other one was the Canaan one, Jim, which yeah. you were a big fan yeah, of. Yeah, we, we both were big fans give of Give me freedom, give me fire. Right. But the official one was done by notable uh, and celebrated South African artist Shakira. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she does go out with a footballer, so I suppose that's... Who's also it? not South African. Exactly. Yeah. I can't remember it's if he did World anything Cup, in that, isn't it? Do you know? Do you know? Do you know what was at the uh, top of the South African charts? Go on. When the first ball was kicked on the 11th of June, 2010. Tell us, DJ Donaldson. Get down to it. Oh, 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 oh my gosh! Is that Akon? OMG! It's Usher. Usher. Okay, right. Featuring Will I Am. 
There we go. I was going to say, uh, will I? I've, I've, there's a will I am in there. His fingerprints are all over that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Will yes. I am will dust himself into any bigger thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we're ringing the bells. <laughs> when you, okay. The 19th World Cup, ladies and gentlemen, was played in 2010, but more poignantly, more importantly, the first one to be played in Africa, or course, South Africa, to be precise. And this is, and this is probably important because for all of the faults that we lay at the door of FIFA and Set Blatter, all of which are fair, yeah. <laughs> um, have proved to be true. He did He did always want his legacy. Oh, he didn't want the legacy he's got, Blatter. You could argue it's his fault as well. Yeah, as well. Yeah. He should have but, quit while he was ahead he, with the legacy. He always did want um, an African World Cup to be held under his tenure, didn't definitely, he? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And to mess a female goalkeeper. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> And that's part of the reason he allowed so many bribes to the executive committee to, to make it happen. The, the really staggering thing is that the bribes seem almost quaint now, don't yeah, they? Yeah. The corruption from this World Cup doesn't seem that bad. It's a golden period. Jim, yeah, I, I, I miss that corruption. Yeah, we? Exactly. we didn't know how good we had it back then. golden generation yeah. of corrupt officials. It's speedbots within speedbots. <laughs> to add some detail to the, to the allegations of corruption, before please, we get into the, the celebration of football that is a World Cup... Mm-hmm. Um, there were bribes paid to Jack Warner, Chuck Blazer, and others. I won't. I don't believe that rep- for a minute. <laughs> reportedly, to the tune of ten million dollars. And at the time, <laughs> the, the dollar da- was worth more. The Daily Telegraph also reported that Morocco had, in fact, received the most yep. votes, but yep. it was given to South Africa instead. Yeah. Wow. Mor- Morocco, have been, Morocco have been really unlucky themselves. They were very close in '98 to holding uh, the cup, and then they bid it again in uh, 2006 and obviously in 2010 Morocco surely they must get the World Cup astounding a bribe fails and you still don't get it I know know. it's absolutely astounding well Blatter wanted uh, South Africa to get the World Cup in 2006 it of course went to Deutschland Mm. Um, but it meant that uh, in 2010 there was always going to be an African World Cup Mm. because Blatter changed the rules uh, with no controversy at all it was was the first one to be awarded on continental rotation that's what I mean he he changed it and of course Brazil got it in 2014, and then they thought, eh, maybe this isn't a good idea, so it's now been scrapped. Um, but uh, Egypt and Morocco, they also bidded um, independently of each other for that World Cup in 2010. There were other bids that dropped out. Nigeria bid, uh, and their bid involved four other nations, Benin, Ghana, uh, and Togo, um, I forget. Or oh, maybe Nigeria were the fourth nation. So they dropped mm. out of the, of the running for that because it was a bit convoluted. Yes, <laughs> uh, sounds a bit complicated. Least. And a joint bid trends between those two points? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> and a bid, for, a, a, a joint bid from Tunisia and Libya failed. Who would have thought? Yeah. So um, there we are. But uh, yes, th- there was uh, lots of reports ahead of the South Africa 2010 World Cup that the venues wouldn't be ready, and, and there was all that kind of stuff. Mm. And then, of course, when the first ball is kicked, it all just slots into place. Oh, it was, doesn't it, it was great, wasn't it? I mean, you have this all the time, but that was a huge, huge part of the narrative that there'd be like sort of half-empty, flaming stadiums, yeah. like, with just no one in them. And every fan that visited would instantly be mugged. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, of like. Of, Organs. Let's say yeah. that, to put it politely, a bit of lazy journalism at times. Yeah. yeah. I mean, okay, okay, I understand. They put a lot of people in prison before the first ball was kicked. Let's make that very clear. They had FIFA courts. They had their own yeah. kind of uh, justice brought in for uh, FIFA four weeks. FIFA courts aren't as bad as real courts. Are they? <laughs> <laughs> well, a, a well, it depends who you are. For copyright infringements, well, yeah. I mean, there was a point where basically they, they only convicted about it was about 23 people at a cost of about 160 grand each one. FIFA's so, not picking up that bill. Probably not. No, no chance. Probably and, not and if they are tax-free. Mm. Mm. <laughs> but what about, what about the first game, which well, was the, South Africa versus Mexico, was it? Yeah, it was. Well, the tournament yeah. started on the 11th of June 2010, yeah. which was a number of years after the Summer of Love, for those oh, yeah. who have been listening for a while. It was um, 43 years after the Summer of Love. Well played, sir. Go. Well, well, well I played. I you're going to do that. Yeah, you Ring see. rusty, but he got there. No, got the there, maths yeah. were very good there, uh, as they always are. Slovakia, they were competing at their first World Cup, as an 
independent nation, separate from Czechoslovakia, of course. North Korea uh, were there playing um, to their first World Cup since 1966. What a story that was as well. Indeed, yeah. They got, uh, they got hammered. Um, <laughs> the- Portugal had a lovely time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the host of those, as you say, look, they got proceedings underway against Mexico. And as, as Jim, I've, I don't know if you've said this on the round before, you've certainly said it off it, Mexico are one of the most World Cup-y teams. Oh, they're mm. the most World Cup yeah. team. Any, any World Cup fixture they're involved in, it just feels like a World Cup classic, doesn't it? Yeah. A, bit, a bit of nostalgia for you, Marcus. You may not remember this, although your memory is largely better than mine. Um, you came to my house mm. to watch the opening ceremony and the first game that's because right, I just yeah. got a brand new TV at a time. That's yeah. right. There you go. Yeah. More, more, more on, on them later. Yeah, more on TV <laughs> later, yeah. Well, yeah, um, the showpiece, Soccer City Stadium in Joburg, uh, was, the, was the backdrop for the first game and the sound of the Vuvuzelas. Oh, who can forget? <laughs> like a mosquito. <laughs> yeah, it was... Uh, I mean, the argument was made at <laughs> the time. Play them for the rest but... of the show. <laughs> yeah, just put them in the background. The argument was made that, you know, this is the football culture of South Africa and this is the point of the World Cup, isn't it? It's to take it around the world and embrace it. But even with that in mind, it was difficult but, to, but Jim, to stomach. And we'll, co- we'll, come on, we'll come on to us visiting South Africa because we were actually there for a portion mm-hmm. of it. We'll come on to that in a wee bit. But um, I remember all of us moaning yep. about the food yep. sailors. Yep. And as soon as we got there, yeah, get, them yeah. get them out. Get them out. They're brilliant. They're really fun. <laughs> Absolutely right. Yeah. I, I knocked a giant one over in the hotel lobby. You did. I and I also yep. blew one in the face of an Englishman with John Terry Six on the back of his English. <laughs> oh, and I don't regret it. Yeah, I, no, I, I you did the right thing. I brought two of them home with me. <laughs> Vuvuzelas, not Englishmen. Because <laughs> um, we've got plenty here. But, but the, the opening, so we know that next summer the opening game is going to be Russia v Saudi Arabia. Oh. And we're hoping for a good start. But we got a good start in the first game of that um, tournament because that goal from Shabalala was an oh. absolute beauty. It really was, actually. It was a lovely move. and uh, he, A he confident finish as well. Smashed it home. Goal, Bafana, yeah. Bafana! A, go- a goal for all Africa. It was a That's goal right. for us all of South Africa. A goal for all That's Africa. Right. Yeah. And, oh, <laughs> but the, the stadium did absolutely go erupt. Well, actually, actually, if you mad. watch it again, the Vuvuzelas are, are blowing away. When the goal goes in, you hear a bit of a murmur, but they're still blowing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nothing could be more lungs. fun than this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fantastic lungs. Have we scored? Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll celebrate the end of the game when we've yeah. run out mm. of puff, perhaps. Um, but yeah, it was it was a brilliant goal to get the tournament underway, of course, with the, with the host. You always want the host nations to do um, reasonably well, of course, mm. and then they started like that. But then, you know, if you play in Mexico, Rafael Marquez will be involved yeah. somewhere, the wily old fox, and he was only 31 at the time, mm. so still a bit of, uh, a bit of energy in and those he was, leagues. He was born at 30. He was, yeah. <laughs> 1930. <laughs> um, and uh, he slotted home, uh, and they got the, the one-all draw. South Africans, Brazilian coach Carlos Alberto Pereira, a man synonymous with the World Cup, said the result was fair. Yeah. I mean, I know that host nations get, um, get advantageous seeding, don't they? Yeah, yeah, and, they do. And, yeah. So, and then generally immediately get found a, out. But it, should, a, but it was a tough group. Yeah, though, but should we extend that further and give them the opening win? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially after a goal like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure fair. in Russia that might well be the case. <laughs> Big Vlad is working <laughs> on it. Sep's gone now. Sep's gone now. <laughs> He's time, got connections. At the time, we all feared for South Africa, I think, when that happened. But it, it was yeah. great that they didn't lose. Yeah. Well, they were then beaten 3-0 by Uruguay, Jim. Yeah, I mean, I mean immediately after the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. The, the opening game, you don't want them to be gubbed in the opening Quite. game, certainly. Um, but that result, really, uh, the 3-0 loss against Uruguay was effectively what eliminated but, them. But do you remember at 2010 um, was when Uruguay, who have this amazing tradition of, of, in the World Cup and, and have been successful in it in the past, this was the sort of, I don't know if, it, if this is historically accurate, but it feels like... A reawakening. That, yeah, they, they came back mm. through and they were, they were suddenly a concern again because I feel yeah. like they've been a concern in international football since then, really. And if you think of the players they had coming through, I mean, Luis Suarez would have been at Ajax then. Mm-hmm. 
he was he was known but not well known. Edison Cavani. Edison Cavani was another yeah. one. Yeah. So um, Forlan, people would have recognised him certainly in England yeah. from Man United, but he was obviously had a fantastic tournament, scored some great goals. So um, it really was a. I think that, that word is right, Mark, because it was a reawakening for 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 for, for, for Europe. And what was it for France? Uh, um, sleepy time it was yeah. uh, an embarrassing footnote what's it was the, hibernation what's the opposite to a real way Hi- hibernation yeah. it's like, oh, I thought I was eating a paracetamol but it was a Valium yeah. <laughs> something I have actually done in my life yeah. Yeah. it's making me really really sleepy and really really argumentative at the same time well, France just thought that South Africa they thought my idea was fair South Africa should get a win true well they got South Africa got a famous win 2-1 over France it wasn't enough uh, but it was good that they got a win yeah. against the mm. side who had won the World Cup uh, fairly recently. They got to the final in 2006, of course. So at least they had a win. I mean, mm. it, again, they were in, out in the first round. It was a bit of a shame. But really, that group was all about the French uh, buggering it up and, and the beginnings of a fine tournament for Diego Forland, uh, Forlan and, and Uruguay. But in Group B, it was all about Maradona's Argentina. Oh. Maradona coaching. <laughs> Do you remember the talk at the time? He was like, he wasn't getting out of bed till like midday. Or yeah, they they missed a training session ahead of a game. There was he also, didn't get up. There was also a training session uh, which was video footage was leaked, and it was Maradona showing about five players just how to do free kicks. Yeah. Well, there was there was also the other one where I think he was playing in the game with some of the coaches, and Maradona's chugging around the park with a big cigar on. <laughs> Oi, won every group game. What's, what's your problem? They yet? won every group game. Um, what's, wasn't what's there the... also something where they were hitting balls at each other's bums? Yeah. Okay. Oh, that rings a bell. Yeah. That was that around that the same time? Um, um, his bonding. girlfriend was interviewed and he said she, she, he was always eating onions. <laughs> Smelt of onions. Yeah, yeah, of onions, yeah, yeah. Right. He'd always burp onions everywhere. <laughs> and that is the real legacy of the <laughs> World Cup. <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> imagine, imagine England doing that. A so, like a South American kind of general kind of character I'll with a big what, cigar on the go, stinking of onions. Diego Maradona managing Argentina at a World Cup. I, I am so glad that I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> I lived <laughs> through that. It's, it's, it's one for the ages there, but they, they did win all three of their, their group games. They, uh, they had a great front three, Iguain, Tevez and Messi. Iguain was just very newly capped, wasn't he? Mm. That he got point. a hat-trick in, in, in the group. Di Maria, Mascherano, Veron in, in midfield. I mean, it's amazing that they've still got some of these players still, still playing. Compare that to, to England, which we will in, in a bit. And Jonas Gutierrez at right-back, Peter. Yeah, he was always wow. drafted in as right-back for some reason. Yeah, he was, yeah. yeah. And, right. and, the, and the lovely moment for, for Argentina, and in particular, San Martin Palermo. He got his goal against Greece in a 2-0 win. And he's the man who, of course, got a vital goal in that World Cup qualifier yeah. against Peru in Buenos Aires. Yeah. Diego did the famous famous belly flop celebration. I, I stayed up till about three in the morning to watch that game. I think we all did. It was amazing. Mm. It's, that's, in a way, it's one of the most iconic images of that World Cup and it yeah. wasn't even there. Yeah. yeah. But it was a part of the story because it's in qualification. Um, a shame for one of the African sides, Nigeria. They had Yakubu and Kanu in their ranks, but they finished bottom of the group. Yeah, well, I mean, they were plucky youngsters back then. <laughs> seven years Little, ago. Not much experience uh, <laughs> among them. Um, and in Group C, England horrendously uh, disappointed uh, with drab draws against the US and in particular Algeria, one of the other African sides, of course. They mm. beat Slovenia with a Jermaine Defoe goal to qualify. But the US topped the group, thus avoiding Germany in the second round. Oh. Which I wish England had done in yeah. hindsight. Well, do you remember we and actually, in foresight, we actually hosted a ramble drinks, didn't we? Yeah. The USA game, and oh, it yeah. was uh, it was a drab affair. They, they let us down. They made us look like terrible hosts. Robert, Rob Green, in particular. Rob Green did his best to spice things up. He did. Yeah. He really, really did. Um, but, but the aforementioned Germany, of course, they went through, and Ghana went through from from that same group as well. They progressed on goal difference ahead of Australia, and they got the first African win at the cup with a late Jan penalty against Serbia. Were they the only African? 
team to qualify beyond the group stage. It's just as well that that they edged the Aussies on goal difference because you're right, that that they did. I mean, some of the other African teams, they well, they disappointed really. Cameroon and Samoletto disappointed, didn't even pick up a single point. So so Ghana were very much flying the flag. They had a tough group though. Mm. They had Netherlands, Denmark and Japan, which was a difficult group. It it was tricky, yeah. I mean, with with Ghana's group, there was was a nice moment when Germany played Ghana because Kevin Prince Boateng came up against his half-brother Jerome Boateng for for Germany. The first time brothers had faced each other at a World Cup. Ah. Yeah. Uh, I guess facing is yeah, (laughs) quite difficult, isn't it? I think Portsmouth (laughs) sent quite a lot of players to that World Cup. Weren't they the most represented club side or something? No, they were like no, they're about the thirteenth most. Which in is England, still, no, in England, no, no, because the Arsenal and Spurs had more. Oh, okay. they, they, they were right up there compared to where they are now. <laughs> put it that way. What a yeah, sign of the times. I know. Yeah. Um, it, it, before we move on to, to the knockouts, we have to mention Italy. The World Cup champions were dumped out of the of the first round. The new boys Slovakia beat them three two famously. Mm. The was... only the only thing they had to hang their hat on was a very impressive chipped goal by Quagliarella. Uh, Quagliarella, yeah. Which, which looking it's at a it, consolation. Yeah, it was a consolation. No, but it's sort of if you if you rewatch it now, the commentators like maybe just maybe sort of thing. Mm. But um, if you if you actually watch the goal again, you wonder whether the goalkeeper could have done a bit better with it. Yeah, there were a lot of absolute screamers in that World Cup. It was known as not maybe being the most sort of entertaining overall, but and there was a lot of criticism of the ball, wasn't there? It was like saying it Jabalani. moves. Yeah, the Jabalani, yeah, That's saying right. it moves yeah. in a weird way. But that that was great for the the screamer quota. Yeah, and, and, and I feel like we have that sort of media coverage of the new ball because they obviously try and launch a ball for the World Cup yeah. we have that media coverage about the, the quality of the football every tournament it's, it, it, it only takes one manager to pipe up about it or one player to and pipe up about it and yeah. it's a story yeah. and then you, you can use it as an excuse can't you because yeah. you know it's going to take off because was there not it might have been for this World Cup actually and Marcus you, you might remember better than me there was um, talk that England was so poor in <laughs> the group stage of the World Cup and then obviously when they were knocked out because they weren't used to the ball and then someone did a bit of digging and found out that England could have taken the Jabalani ball the season beforehand, but yeah. they chose not to. Right. The Premier League didn't sanction it or something. Mm. And there was like a big story around that as well. Yeah. There's always some reason. Isn't there? <laughs> I yeah. know, it's ridiculous. If it's not the weather, it's the ball. Yeah. Because the weather was fine for England for a change, yeah. but they didn't make the most of it. No. <laughs> um, uh, and, and New Zealand, we've got to give them a mention. The only unbeaten side at the whole tournament. They Three went out draws. in the first round, sadly. Three draws. Yeah. Spain lost their first game against Switzerland. Yeah, <laughs> and Switzerland then didn't qualify at the group, which is amazing. Yeah, when they when um, won that. And I remember Derdiok, who now plays in Turkey, I think, um, in that Spain game. Did they win that game 1 0? Yeah. Switzerland. And. Um, Dirdiok went on an amazing... He hit the post? Amazing, and he hit the post. Yeah. And he beat about six players. Yeah. And um, obviously, a lot of, lot of people were tipping Spain at the time, and I thought that, that would have been one of the great World Cup goals, mm. but it came back off the post. The post being an enemy of football. Mm. Um, a mention of, of Ivory Coast. Um, they were very unlucky in their group. They'd been drawn in 2006, which I think was the first time they'd qualified for the World Cup. Um, they were drawn against the Netherlands, Argentina, and Serbia in 06. So it's kind of like, oh, blimey, that was, that was a tough one. And then they get drawn with Brazil, Portugal, and North Korea. Yeah. And they had a good side. Drogba, the Toure brothers, Abue, Teote, Javinho, Kalu, Dindan, mm. uh, Bubakar, Barry and Goal, under the stewardship of Sven-Goran Eriksson. <laughs> it's got I mean, it, was, it? it really was, but sadly, you know, they got a draw nil-nil with, uh, with, with Portugal in the first match. They lost to Brazil and beat North Korea, but Portugal's point against Brazil and their 7-nil thrashing of North Korea put them through. But it was a shame, because had Ivory Coast been given slightly kinder draw they, they they might well have done something but but of course um they didn't and we're going to talk about the knockout phase of this competition after i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash ramble. This. Pudding. <laughs> We're still here at the World Cup. <laughs> a Christmas-related uh, yeah. <laughs> idea. Welcome back to the 12 Rambles of Christmas, everybody. Luke, what have you got to say to us? Yeah, we've chosen the 12. We're counting down, of course, on the 12 Rambles of Christmas, but we'd love for you listening to get in touch with your favourite moment since 2007 too. And on Christmas Eve, we're going to choose our favourite uh, from your contributions, which will win a 55-inch 4K TV from Toshiba. You heard that right, a 55-inch TV. Ooh. That's as big as my wall. Jim didn't even know they made them that big. <laughs> in addition to that amazing Christmas present, we'll also record your moment as an extra show in the new year, so you're going to get an extra show out of us as well. Um, Toshiba offers you the chance to watch every football match in 4K picture clarity, um, thanks to the TV's pinpoint sharp resolution. No detail, flick or kick of the ball will ever be missed. Enjoy 24-7 access to a whole world of online content, including catch-up TV uh, and Netflix uh, and things like that. With this TV, you can also access last week's shows on demand with Freeview Play. For an authentic audio experience, it also comes with a subwoofer to project the bass sound. Don't just hear, but feel the roar of the crowd. So for your chance to win, email in with your favourite moment from 2007 onwards to show at thefootballramble.com. Pete, have you got any suggestions to help our listeners out? I think they should go for the Chelsea Toothbrush Man. That's a good one. It'd be yeah. hard for us to get a show out of that, wouldn't yeah. it? Well, <laughs> little... we could talk about the history of toothbrushes, born the history into, of born men. Down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the traffic on the way to the stadium, yeah. The brand of toothpaste. Cleaning yeah. your teeth at the bridge. My Marcus, goodness. I believe we were just ahead of talking about the group stage in 2010. Let's talk about the knockouts now. Mm. Um, Luis Suarez's goals put uh, Uruguay through against South Korea. 
He went on to be the sort of bad guy of the tournament, didn't he? I don't oh, think yeah, he ever he... did it. He didn't do anything of note after that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is when most of us started to get to know the yeah. uh, the spicy Uruguayan. Well, it was, you know, it, it, obviously we all know what happened and we'll come on to that, but it was the bustle of him that was so impressive, wasn't mm. it? Just that way that he runs through players rather than at them or around them. It's, a, it's an incredible sight to behold. And that, as you say, that's the first time we really saw that on a massive stage. And it's, al- it's also great that um, the World Cup is still pretty good at... Um, at for want of a better phrase like breaking players yeah. when we were kids the first time you would hear these players even existed was when you got your sticker album yeah. Yeah. these days it's a lot easier to find mm. to, to see these players in action of course but you still do get players who make that breakthrough into the, the general mm. consciousness in a World Cup and, and, and Luis Suarez well, a few of those Uruguay players did that yeah, yeah. And, and for some people Asamoah Jan would have been one yeah absolutely yeah, 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 got on to beat the US of course goals with, from Kevin Prince Boateng of Pompey fame and, and, and Jan himself. And they became only the third African side to reach the World Cup quarterfinals. And it was great that they were there, gentlemen, because without that, Peter, there was, of course, they yeah. were the only African side that, that made it through. They were such a huge part of that story, weren't they, guys? Oh, yeah. They were, everybody was rooting for them. The pot man was there. Was, it, was that the first time we saw the pot man? Yeah, oh, I was trying was. to find him in uh, Johannesburg. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, wouldn't have found him because I don't think they played their matches there. So, but. Yeah, and when <laughs> we were there for the final, they'd been knocked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All that. But, you know. Many reasons why I didn't meet the pot man. Yeah, and <laughs> Do you want me to relive that horror, yeah. Marcus? <laughs> we flew out um, after England flew home. That's how how successful it was for us. Yeah, well, Germany thrashed England 4 1. It would have been 4 2 had Frank Lampard's goal (laughs) been uh, been allowed. It's a strange lineup looking back at it. Matthew Upson started alongside John Terry in the the back two. You look at that now and think, where's the third one? Where's the third one? Upson got got the goal. goal, Absolutely, very Mm. much so. But the wingers were James Milner and Stephen Gerrard, which just, you know, we always had this problem. Mm. But it's. And if you you want to get in in better perspective just how much the the England setup has changed since then, I'm not suggesting the result will be any different, but the setup has changed because England had the uh, the joint oldest um, average age in that, in that in that tournament, yeah. 28. They'll probably have around the youngest next summer, mm-hmm. one of the youngest, and also not a single outfield player who played uh, in that World Cup in 2010, um, seven years ago, is currently in the England squad. Yeah. Oh, apart from Jermaine Defoe, who probably won't make it next summer. Oh, yeah, good The point. only other one is Joe Hart, I think. Wow. So it's, it's a huge change. Every you, you, to put that in perspective, I think Spain will have more than a handful of well, players well, featuring in both. As will Italy would have done if they had qualified well, that, next summer. The as well. Germany side that were there featured Neuer, okay, Lahm has, has, has quit now. Mertesacker has quit. Boateng, Kadira, Schweinsteiger, Müller, Özil, Podolski, Close, Cruz. I mean, some of them have retired, but I mean, what a talented side it was, mm. but some of them very much have not. Mm. But Germany, uh, of course, went through. They would, they would face Argentina in the next round, who, who went through. They were still scoring goals, hadn't been found out just yet. Um, Brazil were looking <laughs> good. They beat Chile, as they tend to do. That was a great game as well. Mm. Yeah, they played Netherlands in the quarterfinals, Brazil. And actually, I had Brazil down for, for tournament favourites. And it was incredible that the Netherlands beat them. They were looking good. And then Wesley Snyder sort of turned yeah. up at the tournament mm. in, in quite emphatic style. Oh, he really still getting, he's still getting transfers on that <laughs> Yeah, he's still linked with Man United, isn't he? <laughs> well, I, quite, I, quite, I enjoyed uh, Dutch coach uh, Bert van Marwijk's comments after the game and Felipe Melo, he stamped on Schneider and, and, and got sent off and, and van Marwijk said that he felt ashamed for Brazilian football. And of course, the, the, the Dutch certainly uh, uh, were, were influenced by that uh, Brazilian performance, <laughs> yeah, weren't they? Right. As we saw in, in the final. Dunga stood down as a Brazil manager. It was a signal for him. Um, but but there we are. Um, the second quarterfinal that will live long in the memory, Ghana, was so close. Oh, it was so close to becoming the first African side to get to the semi-final of a World Cup. Is is that the most controversial World Cup match, like in in you know of this generation? I don't, I don't see how it was controversial. He he handled the ball and he was given his punishment. Well, oh, absolutely. But I mean, just in terms of the controversial, is probably the the 
worst, like the wrong word for it, but just the the the, the human Notorious. drama of it. You know, here, the, the, the sense of injustice. Yeah. Here's here's the um here's the rub. I think Marcus is right. Suarez, um, he's essentially transgressed and he was punished for yeah. doing so. And he, he took that risk, didn't he? And he yeah, took but his punishment. the reason that Suarez became a bad guy for this is not because of what he did, it's because of the way he behaved afterwards. Yeah, the celebration. On the touchline. Mm. So he stayed on the touchline, which I don't think you're allowed to do. He, when sort, of, he, sort of, he was past the dugout, he was sort of walking off, but he was obviously looking back, which he's yeah. going to do. But, fa- but I'm fairly certain that these days, if you're sent off, you, go, you have to go on the tunnel. You, have to, you do. And he was on his way to the tunnel, but he was just, I think but he was, was hovering, wasn't he? And also, yeah. after the game, he claimed the hand of God now belongs to me. So he was, you know, he really rubbed it in and he secured his status as sort of the pantomime villain of a generation. A bit of humility in there as well. Yeah. yeah. But there were, there were people who should know far better in pubs all over, over the country at the time going, the referee should have just given that as a goal. Should yeah. have given it as a goal. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> so sen- sentiment doesn't come into it a referee's decision making. It was the final minute of extra time. It was a great it was, save. It was, it, was, it, was, it hit the bar, didnn't he, Jean? No, no, no. Oh, right, no sorry, you Suarez, it was genuinely a good save. Like, he dug it out. <laughs> yeah. It was sort of behind him, I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Jeanne stepped up and hit the bar. and It just to, took it out of them, didn't it? It to just be fair, it ruined them. To be fair to Jeanne, you know, he took the first in the shootout and, and scored. scored. Yeah, and which scored. was which. I mean, if he'd have missed that, oh my goodness, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, I, and, it, and it was a shame. And, and, and they were out uh, on penalties and it, it was gutting. But Uruguay through to the first semi-final for them since 1970. Um, but it's fair to say that Maradona's Argentina were found out against Germany and hammered them, <laughs> hammered them 4-0. I mean, at least England got one, Diego. Um, but, Two. Uh, <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, but, it, but it's easy to forget as well. A little mention for Paraguay, Peter. They were in the quarterfinals um, as well. They were only narrowly edged out by Spain. They missed a penalty in the second half. Yeah, they were forgotten about because they played in one of the worst second round games. <laughs> <laughs> the most forgettable second round games against Japan. Japan. And it went it was nil nil and it, and uh, Paraguay nicked it on penalties. Yeah. And I think everyone was a bit like, oh, can't both these teams go home? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but David Veer, he got he got the winner as he as he tended to do in that World Cup. And the, the Paraguay coach at the time, Gerardo Martino, resigned after. We're going to manage Barcelona and uh, Argentina, among other things. But Spain reached the semi-finals for the first time since nineteen fifty. Um, in the first semi-finals, uh, Netherlands played Uruguay. Gave us one of the games of the tournaments and uh, the, the tournament rather. And the first two goals, a thirty-yarder from Gio van Bronckhurst was an absolute beauty. And then a twenty-five-yarder from Forland, slightly more fortuitous, but that but, Bronckhurst one. Oh. But the van Bronckhurst goal, I don't think was given goal of the tournament, was it? I it, can't it, remember. Bloomin' well should have been. It was, it was an absolute howitzer. Yeah, yeah, that was a J- Jabalani classic. That. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> that basically did a figure of eight before it Are went into the top the, corner. The Jabalani gets an assist. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, but it, you know, it was it, the Dutch started to show their superiority, in that, and they won it three-two. Uh, but that Uruguay side, you know, they, they, I think the year later, it was pretty much that side went on to win the Copa America. The side yeah. that featured the the, the captain marvelous Diego Lagano at the heart of defence, and it was the two brutes mm. in the centre of the pitch, Diego Perez and uh, Agid. A Gideo, sorry, it sounds a bit giddy. Um, Rios uh, manning the midfield uh, with Forlan and Suarez up front. Oscar Tabara is the manager, a, a, a very canny operator. And, and they were great, absolutely brilliant. And uh, they were beaten by Germany, of course, in the, um, the third place match. But Forlan finished as top scorer, mm. which was were very pleasing indeed. And then Germany played Spain in the other semi-final, which for many were the two best teams at the tournament. And, and Carlos Puyol won it with a, with a glorious header from a corner. And they were in to the final. Do you remember we were on the plane going over when that game happened? Yes. Oh, we landed, yeah. 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 And uh, we landed and saw that that had happened. And we were like, oh, God, the PL stopped up, stepped up again. Didn't the pilot announce it? Might I have think done, that actually, might have yeah. happened. I think you're probably right. 
Yeah, that's yeah. right. I, oh, I, I guess remember. it was a World Cup flight, wasn't it? Because people would have been going yeah. to Johannesburg for that, I guess. Yeah. We, we must have been like, the most ambitious England fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we put this a couple of years ago. Looking <laughs> forward to it. You drank a lot of gin and tonics, I remember. Luke. Yeah. Well, I remember I, looking back and going, oh, I look and put them away. I was sat next to a bad influence. Lord <laughs> Ramble. <laughs> the thing about that was, you're on an 11-hour flight and there's no time difference, so you think, well, it goes overnight. <laughs> get right, I'd be doing this anyway. Get right on it. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously, you, th- you realise that you hangover off... off Hangover off the back yeah. of a plane flight is horrendous. Because we, we were doing, I think we were film, we were doing a lot of filming out there, weren't we? Mm. Maybe we'll link the um, YouTube video to uh, on on the Twitter. Maybe we won't do that. Yeah. Why? <laughs> we look awesome. That's it. You we look were, young. We look young. We look yeah. young. That's yeah. one thing. You were um, wearing your Newcastle kit. <laughs> you were with your Vuvuzela. Asking if there was an Irish pub around where you could watch Only Fools and Horses. Oh, but we were in Joburg's main fan park for the final, Spain mm. versus the Netherlands. And that meant that we'd have a country who'd never previously won the World Cup, of course, get their hands on the trophy. Yeah. Even, like, seeing five cameras get stolen would not blunt our fun. No. We had so much fun in that fan yeah, park. Great. One of my favourite moments in my life, I think, was that fan park. Yeah, it, was it was incredible. Beautiful. It was incredible. We, we went to Soccer City um, during the day, didn't we, to mm. see if there was any outside chance of getting tickets. There, there was Two not. grand. Two grand <laughs> there was, was courted. Um, but yeah. It's a shame because it was a blistering final. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I obviously interviewed Howard Webb, who it was an mm. English presence in the final market. Yeah. So let's not let that, let that go unannounced. Yeah. And, and um, I interviewed Howard Webb about that, and uh, he, he talked about how difficult it was and how he had to dish out so many cars and all the other stuff. One of the most interesting things he said, um, for those who haven't heard it, um, it's available on ACAS Plus, of course, is that when uh, Nigel de Jong made that challenge, mm. which everyone said he should have been sent off mm. for, um, Clattenburg, uh, Clattenburg. He, he wishes. Yeah. <laughs> Howard Webb um, was on at the wrong on the wrong side of it. Yeah. So he only saw um, sort of half of what happened because mm. it was a bit of a break in play. And when the Spanish players were complaining about it, he thought they were complaining because there was no advantage played. Uh, so he didn't. He right. he wasn't aware it was such a big issue, and he didn't know until after he saw it on the on the videotape mm. afterwards that he had made such a mistake. And he <clears> said to me. I should, have, I should have sent him off. And that was, what, 25 minutes It in? was in the first half. Very early on. So it could have, could, have, could, have, could have made it even worse for Netherlands. I think the Dutch... Might have made it a better bloody match and all that. Yeah, a bit, open, <laughs> bit more open. Well, it, I mean, they did have a sending off, of course, deep into, into mm. uh, extra time. Um, but, uh, the, yeah... Johnny Heitinger. The Dutch yeah. got nine yellows and Spain got five, which I think was a record for a World tasty, Cup wasn't it? It was, it was, it was madness. Uh, Iron Robin had a chance in the 62nd minute to win it because he had saved, and he was moaning because he thought he should have had a penalty. And it's funny, both sides ended up moaning at the referee's um, performance because yeah. of a couple of key decisions. So it balances itself out, doesn't it? I, think, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I'll let you uh, decide. But yeah, Johnny Heisinger was sent off, as you say, Jim, on 109 minutes, leaving a little bit of extra room for Spain. And it's fair to say they made the most of it. They certainly did. Yeah, it was Cesc Fabregas, wasn't it? Put, put the ball over to Andres Iniesta to win it. And I remember that as being a sort of, um, just him slamming it home. But it was quite a delicate finish. Uh, it was a mm. lovely little volleyed finish and um, it's, it's funny to think of that Spain team that we think of this swashbuckling amazing sort of possession based you know tiki taka team one nil winning one nil in every mm. every knockout yeah, game yeah that's right and and I also think that because we watched it in situ if you like and we were there at the fan park and it was an incredible atmosphere I think we probably have a better opinion of the game itself than mm. uh, oh, people so. are probably at home listening to this guy. This was the worst World Cup final I've ever seen. I was, yeah, dance, were, I was dancing so much. I was going to say, so they weren't dancing with Uvu's hair. So my answer is, I was pissed and they were in a lovely time. 
<laughs> they were probably pissed, but you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but Spain—they became the first European side to win the cup outside of Europe. But I, I look back on this World Cup as a really enjoyable time, and. Mm. and I know that, um, as, as Jim's already already referenced, there perhaps wasn't the, the quality of football throughout. But I think with that amount of games in such a small amount of time mm, mm. and the stakes so high, mm. it's possibly always going to be the case these days. And, and, yeah. and, and looking wide, I think chatting to a couple of the locals and stuff, they'd never seen, certainly the older generation, never seen anything quite like a World Cup, obvious, oh, for no. obvious reasons. Yeah, so was, the guy who looked yeah, after the house he was point. staying in, he, he was sort of saying he's, he's never seen anything like it. Yeah, it was, yeah. And he listened to all the matches on the radio. So. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> That's a good point, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Even he was disappointed with England though wasn't it yeah. <laughs> that was a bit of a <laughs> that nil nil with Algeria yeah. oh god that nil nil with Algeria nothing happened no. No, nothing <laughs> I, phys- I could see things were physically happening yet nothing was happening it was, it was, it was colossal was, like performance time. art like a rumination on the pointlessness of being <laughs> and is it, is it also fair to say Marcus that um, South Africa have been able to enjoy quite the uh, quite the legacy since the <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've just got a few stats here, actually. Please, um, please. South Africa's current world ranking is 81. Mm. Their average ranking since uh, FIFA started doing rankings is 52. And in 2010, when the World Cup took place, they were ranked 51. Right. So they've gone downhill there. Mm. They didn't qualify for World Cup 2014 or 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't qualify for the 2017 AFCON mm-hmm. uh, and didn't make it past the group stage in 2013. To be fair, they did host it in 2015 and they mm. made it to the final, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the quarterfinal, sorry. Quarterfinal. The quarterfinal, yeah, yeah. Um, and... Um, Financially, they did okay of it, didn't they? Well, no. FIFA took £2.24 <laughs> billion pounds surplus, and it is a surplus, <laughs> uh, not a profit, uh, and it costs South Africa £3 billion to put it on. Mm. And Pacific Standard, a research media and public policy magazine, um, who performed a study on the legacy, uh, said the total spent on the official social legacy campaign uh, for South Africa amounts to 0.006% of FIFA's reported tournament profit. There we are. So, putting a bit back... <laughs> <laughs> it was a fantastic event and we really enjoyed it and, and, and as you rightly pointed out Pete mm. the people of South Africa from our experience absolutely yeah. loved it yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, when all was said and done it wasn't a classic tournament in terms of playing but it will live very long in the memory for the simple reason of, of watching a World Cup set against the backdrop of Africa Yeah, um, I and so. I had some tripe in Sueto yeah. so there we go and there also you, go. you know every and that's not a euphemism every no, World Cup is tripe in Sueto <laughs> <laughs> every World Cup is remembered you know, by its moments of high drama, and it certainly had those. Absolutely. Yeah, me, me chasing Marcus around our house with a, a taser, for example. Yeah. Oh, it was, a, it was a cattle prod, wasn't it? Oh, it was, it was, it was, it was a, a bit of both, wasn't yeah. it? It was, it, it was like a police. <laughs> it was a big taser. It was like a police truncheon, but it was electrified. A multi-purpose weapon. Yeah. yeah. I didn't want to hang around and find out what it could do. For a man who I had to spend eight days in the same bed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was to um, to deal with that mysterious animal that was on the roof that yeah. we never figured out the identity yeah. of. I, th- I think it's time it to go. Me. I think it's time to go. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to the first of our 12 rambles of Christmas, a daily countdown of what we see as the 12 defining topics in football since we first began way back in 2007 mm, get, tune in get tomorrow your, you get your favourites in shortthefootballramble.com yeah and tune in tomorrow for number 11 there we are say goodbye Jim goodbye say goodbye Luke goodbye bye PT bye bye from it's me it's Christmas